Welcome to PNC C-Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel. Each podcast features local and regional C-level executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge sharing platform provides insights on forward thinking business approaches that disrupt the status quo and encourage business leaders to think differently. Today, I'm joined by Shep Hyken, founder and chief amazement officer at Shep Presentations. Shep, you happen to be our first chief amazement officer on C-Speak. So let's talk about that title. It's not a marketing ploy. No, no. Uh, One of the fun things, I believe in having fun, first of all. And I thought, what could be a good title? Am I the CEO? Sure. Am I the owner, founder of the company? Sure. But how about the CAO, Chief Amazement Officer? So one of the things that we do, uh, and by the way, we created a mantra within our company. It's three words, always be amazing. We want to be amazing for our clients and treat them with great respect and give them a great experience. Uh, We want to be amazing for our own people. But most important, we want to help our clients create amazing experiences for their customers, clients, guests, whatever they want to call them. And so that's really what our mantra is about. So I am the chief amazement officer at Shepherd Presentations. Shep, you have written so many books on the leading uh, concepts of customer service, how to, how to amaze, frankly, your clients. Um, and I've read some of those books. So I'm curious, though, you always talk about the best practices. I wonder if you'd share some of the worst practices you see out there. <laughs> Great question. So I think one of the problems that many companies have is that they don't create the right culture. One of the worst practices is uh, not is thinking your customer service and experience is going to happen by accident. There needs to be a very focused uh, emphasis on the on the culture. That means you have to define what you want the North Star to be. Uh, you have to communicate that over and over again, and you have to train everybody to it. And I mean everybody, people in the back room who never see a customer in the warehouse. Uh, if you're a manufacturing company, even people who are in an assembly line need to understand what their role is in the customer experience and they don't paint a clear enough picture. Therefore their customers, uh, or I'm sorry, their employees don't know how they fit in. I personally believe that customer service is not a department. It's a philosophy. Experience is not just a strategy. It's part of the culture. And when you bring it in at that level, it starts to permeate through the entire business. Furthermore, as we look at large companies, the best companies to buy from are also the best companies to work for. There's all kinds of stats and facts out there about great companies. And then if you go on glassdoor.com and you look for who the best companies to work for are, it's no coincidence that there's a consistent overlap in the two studies. Well, let's talk about CEOs and COOs who are no doubt being dragged kicking and screaming into the digital world. Um, talk about the customer experience in a digital world for CEOs who may see it as just checking another box. So first and foremost, um, the digital world is exactly where you need to be today because more and more clients are interested, and I say clients, customers, consumers are interested in doing digital first. We have a study uh, and we asked over a thousand consumers, and I realize there's B2B out there and B2C, but recognize that even though the numbers are focused here on consumers, your customers are consumers also. They're comparing you to the best experiences they've had from any retailer or any 
B2C brand. And if you're a B2B business, you better be delivering on the same level. So here's what was interesting. We asked over a thousand consumers that when you have a problem or issue with a company or brand, which solution do you prefer to go to to solve that problem? And 41% of these customers said, I want a digital self-service option, like frequently asked questions, uh, a page on a website, a video tutorial, uh, interactive voice response systems, chatbots, which can be you know, fueled by AI or it can be a human to human connection. But they're looking at that first, yet you know, 59%, and by the way, those numbers narrow and eventually they're gonna flip because we've been doing this study for a while. Uh, 59% still prefer to talk to the company by phone, but you can't ignore those 41%. And if you take a look at the demographics, baby boomers versus you know Gen Zs, there's big discrepancy. So if you know who your customers are, uh, you should better provide the channels of support they want, the experience that they want, based on not only what you think the preferences are generally, but what you think the preferences are to your specific demographic. So, Chef, if you bring uh, the world into today's focus, uh, all companies are grappling with this work from home paradigm and what they're going to do. And what they're finding is a lot of workers want to work from home. A concern I, I would think is out there is the experience for the other person that they're dealing with, whether it's clients of their business, uh, might be different because everybody's work from home situation's different. Their technology, their web, web band, their room setup, things like that. How, how is that going to impact customer service when you well, have such variability? Here's some other things that I think are even more important. We can provide them the technology. There's all kinds of companies right now that can put every bit of what used to be in a large room and huge computers into the cloud. So you can be anywhere in the world and get this done. When we and when that client that had 60 some odd support centers around the world within two weeks were able to move 100 percent of their force into their homes, even when they're in India and in the Philippines and China and other countries that may not have uh, in parts of those countries, not necessarily, you know, the major cities they might not have that opportunity to have what we have in you know, what we would call more first world uh, cities and countries around the world. Um, it amazed me that they were able to pull that off. But you've got to have the right leadership that motivates these people. Uh, today, uh, some of the people say, I'm fine working at home, but what does productivity really look like? I can show you two studies from reputable people that have the exact opposite stats and facts. You can make these look any way you want. People are more productive when they work at home. People are less productive if you read the next study. So which one works? Well, you got to take a look at your own business, your own people, and figure out what works for you. At the end of the day, you know, everybody says we're going to see all these empty office spaces. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there is going to be a return to the office, maybe not to the same level we had pre-pandemic, but it's going to be there. Managers are, are having the toughest time because as people are working remotely, managers want to uh, interact with their employees the way they used to. And that used to be walking around, tapping them on the shoulder, listening in on conversations, having one-on-ones. Well, now all of that goes remote. And that means we have to give them the tools, whether it be Slack or Zoom type uh, interactions, Microsoft Teams, and have to have regular frequent contact. And finally, my last point is if you don't do this, what you're gonna have is an employee that is working for a faceless company. They don't see their managers much. They don't talk to them. They don't get to know their colleagues. And what happens is it doesn't matter where they work. Give me the most money and that's where I'm going because it's the same experience. 
we have to be careful that we don't let that happen or you're going to lose your best people. You just led me into my next comment slash question, because all of what you just discussed, Shep, and as, as Michael brought up, meanwhile, we are in the middle. All of that is happening in the middle of CEOs and HR managers being in a battle to hire and a battle to retain, all while focused still on customer service for an ever-changing type of customer. Yeah. And so I agree with you. Is there a question? (laughs) (laughs) What does the CEO say to the HR manager? It's like a CEO and HR manager walk into a bar Mm -hmm. and they're trying to keep their employees and hire some more. Right. So great. Okay. I get it. So number one is, as we've got to be very fair with what the employee is going to expect when they're hiring the best people. And by the way, it, it, today we're in a weird place. Um, the government is subsidizing uh, people to the point where they don't necessarily want to go back to work. It's making it very difficult to hire really good people. Now we live here in St. Louis. If you go to other parts of the country, it's it's different than it is here. Um, you know, I, I just had somebody tell me we put an ad in Indeed or on LinkedIn. We're lucky to get ten good resumes. If we make it a national um, uh, you know, request, we get lots of great resumes from all over the country. So the question I have is, can you work with somebody remotely? And if that's the case, you can hire some good people. But I want to go into something I think is really important. And I mentioned it earlier. Culture's key. So when somebody comes in, we've got to start to indoctrinate them into what our culture is during the interview process. Um, give you an example of, of uh, uh, well, in one of the books that I wrote a while back, I talked a little bit about hiring. Now, I'm not a hiring expert, but I know that Nordstrom has a great question in the interview. What's your definition of customer service? It's like that one big important thing that lets them know this person's in the right place or not. Now, there's 150 right answers, probably a thousand right answers, but there's just a few very wrong answers. And that ends the interview rather quickly. Uh, One of my clients is a major regional retailer. Uh, When I say regional, they probably have about 35,000 employees in about 500 stores in a region. And they ask their candidates, especially who are going for assistant manager positions and up, to come in and walk the store and at their interview, what, what did you see? What suggestions do you have? So we need to hire people and bring them into the culture right away. Disney, if you ever apply to Disney, when you walk into the what they you know the, the interview where you the cast members go, uh, you know you see the no, the doorknobs are like the characters from the Disney. It's like you get indoctrinated into the culture. We're now having to do this remotely. What can we do to bring people in right away? Tell them what we're all about. Find out if they're in alignment with what that value is or what that promise to our customer is. And if that is all in alignment, let's move forward with the next phase, which is to find out if you know to start the, the hiring process. But once they're hired, they need to be properly trained, onboarded, and then the sustainability is important. People think that training is something you did. It's not. It's something you do, and it's ongoing. And in my little world of customer service and experience, if you're in an onboarding and you may devote two, three hours to what customer service is to your company, some companies, by the way, devote an entire week. Well, you don't just set it and forget it. No, you put them through the training, and then you follow up with a little mini trainings, and that could be three minutes in a weekly team huddle where you talk about a topic. So Shep, you know, related a little bit to that is this chronic staffing shortfall. So 
RBC recently, the nine largest uh, employers of people, all nine said their industry is experiencing a chronic staffing shortfall. So given that you're going to be short, what kind of strategies would you recommend to companies in their service so that they don't fall down? So for example, you see some restaurants are closing certain nights uh, because of staffing, changing their hours, uh, not filling X number of tables. What else are you seeing out there? Sure, and, and I get that that's happening and it's a shame that it does. So several things we have to do. On the customer service side, uh, we have to train our customers how to best use us in this unique and different time. Uh, for example, uh, and I'll just use customer support. Uh, when the pandemic started, there was a huge spike in calls where many customers before would go to the self-service digital options. The reason for the spike was they just wanted to talk to somebody. They were stuck at home in quarantine and they felt disconnected from the whole world. So it's like, what can they do? I'll just talk to a customer service rep. And empathy was the word of 2020. And I'll actually say even 2021. But the idea behind moving people to adopt to a new way of business means teaching them how to best use us. Uh, in the customer support world, it's let's teach them to go digital first. Think about what Delta Airlines, they were the first ones. And then, of course, all the airlines followed with an online capability of booking an airline ticket. Now, I'll ask either one of you and, and you know, Mike, since you asked the question, um, it, it, when's the last time you flew? And if so, did you call to make a reservation or did you do it online? Well, that's a, a tough question for me because I did indeed uh, have to call when I received the email that said your flight has been canceled. Ah, but that was after you booked, when you yeah. made the reservation. I booked online. So here's some ways to create a better success with your customer. There's a concept called customer success. And that is, as a customer comes on, teach them how to use their product the right way. This is really powerful in the software world. If you're a company that's you know, implementing a new solution, they have customer success programs that have their coaches come out and work with your people to ensure that you're not going to have to call them for little problems and questions that you have. So that's important. Uh, that's number one is as customer success program. Number two, train people to go digital first. Tell them you're going to get all the answers you want on our video tutorials. I won't tell you the name of the company. Their initials are Salesforce. Oh, there I go. I just did it. But Salesforce, uh, when I went to use their software and buy into their software program, I asked about their customer support. They said, go to Google and say, how do you do whatever it is in Salesforce? And I did that and video tutorials came up on YouTube that told me exactly what to do, not just from Salesforce, but from happy customers as well. So you see, you can train your customers to work with you the best way. Same thing with in restaurants, when they were shutting down, they shut down maybe their you know, on-site, on-premise business, but they wanted you to use them for carry out and delivery. And they told you exactly what to do in the process and you followed their directions and you had great meals. Well, let me first say to, to Michael, Michael, as the regional president of PNC, man, you knock it out of the park every time we record a podcast, bringing us such impactful speakers uh, for those who find this podcast and gain so much out of it. So First, thank you to Michael for that. And then to Shep, thank you for joining Michael and me for this episode of PNC C-Speak, the language of executives.